0: Welcome to the Corporate Catholic Podcast, where we inspire the joyful hustle by integrating your relationship with God into the 9 to 5. Join us as we flip the script on faith and work. We hope you enjoy the episode.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. This week we are moving on from the topic of finances and now we're going to talk about investing in a different way and specifically investing in your career and having more of a long-term mindset versus a short-term mindset. So, you know, career mindset versus just a job mindset is kind of how we're thinking about it. This episode is going to be a lot about just Discernment and how to think about where you are right now, and also just where you see yourself in the long term. And maybe that's not where you are right now, but just a really kind of thoughtful episode. And we'll kind of talk about our own perspectives as well. But yeah, that's going to be the topic of this episode. But before we do that,
0: we have a lot to catch up on. We do. Allison's been out of town. So, how. How have your trips been, your weekends? What's been going on with you? Oh my gosh, I have been all over the
1: place. I am so excited to not get on a plane for a while because I have been on back-to-back-to-back-to-back flights (laughs) over the last three weeks. So I know last time we talked with you all, we were in Seattle, Mm
0: -hmm. which
1: was really fun, and got back from Seattle, and then was in Chicago for four days, And then left to go to Vegas with some of my college friends, which was a wild weekend for sure. And was a ton of fun just being back with all my college friends and super fun weekend. And then got back and was here for one day and then left again to go back home. So I was home this past weekend Uh, it was my brother's fiance's bridal shower and then also her bachelorette so that was super fun being home for that and yeah got to see my family and then actually just got back today so it's been a whirlwind of a month and i'm kind of excited to not travel again for at least a month (laughs) so i'll be here in chicago which is nice but yeah
0: that is nice. Chicago's missed you.
1: Yeah. Well, it, it, it just was went from one extreme to the other because from January to April, I did no traveling and I was really getting the itch to travel. Yeah. And then it just went to the complete opposite. And then I was just traveling back
0: to back. Yeah. And,
1: you know, I'd like a nice happy medium, I think.
0: I feel like every six to eight weeks doing just like a weekend somewhere or yeah. getting out of the city. For a little bit, is just that would be prime.
1: Yeah, I think my prime is once a month or once every other month would be ideal. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, that would be nice. Yeah. Well, while I was here, honestly, had a lot happen. Had to update Allison via ping at work. Um, Yeah. So
1: Claire somehow managed to mass delete all of
0: her work emails. Well, I was so, going to say the other thing. I was – here's what happened. What day was <laughs> this, like – maybe it was – oh, it was Thursday.
1: It was Thursday because I remember I was at home. This was when I got home. I was working from home.
0: Yeah, and within one hour, I had signed an apartment and deleted 10,000 emails. It was, <laughs> It was really the high highs and low lows. It was a roller coaster of a day, honestly. So first update is that I've been, my roommate and I are moving just to a different uh, apartment in Chicago. And neighborhood. Yeah. But it's not too far where we are now. But, you know, more of a neighborhood vibe, honestly. We live right now more in the city, you know. In a high It's rise. very much yeah. like a high rise building and this is more of a walk up, more homey, more space. Really excited about it. And we honestly looking for an apartment has been a dreadful journey. It just hasn't been fun. The market's very competitive. So to finally get that lockdown was super exciting. And then yeah, so with the emails, I'm on a client call and I so I recently had a meeting with one of my managers and he was just like showing me all of these cool automations that he does on his outlook and I was like oh yeah and I have I have one or two you know I have a couple but he was really inspiring me to like add more automations he's like automate your life Claire like you know Allow your inbox to just be like so filtered that you only see the important things. and You're not getting distracted throughout the day. And I was like, that's genius. Love that. So I started adding a bunch of rules to my outlook. And yeah, I added one where I don't know if you guys use PowerPoint, but I hate. I realize like when someone when you start a PowerPoint and someone makes a comment on it, even though the comments not directed at you at all you still get an email about it. Like, so-and-so left a comment. You know what I mean? Even if
1: it's not 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 tagged? Doesn't tag tag me.
0: Yeah, I get emails about it. And so, you know, there'll be, like, 20 people working in this deck, and I'm, like, getting emails once an hour about comments everyone's leaving. You know, it's super annoying. So I was like, I'm going to go put that in there. And I already had one about PowerPoint. I don't know, another notification that PowerPoint sends you. So I was going to go edit that one and say, like, You know, if the email header, subject line, contains whatever words or left a comment, whatever it is, then delete it. Okay? (laughs) But what I did is that I put an extra space after the or by accident just because I was doing it very quickly. I was on a call, wasn't really paying attention, and the extra space – Disconnected like the what's it called? The rule, the, the rule or, basically. Yeah. So it basically was deleting anything that had the letters or in it or or, or like any yeah. email that had or in it, which is literally every which email. is <laughs> every single email. I like ran the rule and I knew right away that something was going on because <laughs> normally when I run the rule, it takes like a second and it's like, Rule's been run. And I also – and but it was taking, like, two minutes. And I was like, why is this taking so long? Because it was deleting 10,000 emails. That's what it was doing. And then I get back to my inbox, and I was like, why do I only have 10 emails in my inbox? <laughs> and I realized that I had deleted thousands and thousands of emails. And I was just on this call, but I was on camera, and I was just like <laughs> – i was like what have i done did you ping me immediately when it happened no i went straight to the internet how to undelete emails (laughs) i was like how to unru how to like undo a rule Mm -hmm. and whatever And and there's no way i don't know to be honest i didn't do a ton of research because i what i had done is i applied it to all the emails in my inbox currently and that's not something that is automatic. You have to physically check that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Did you make a rule that goes through
1: your delete inbox so and re-adds
0: I, all the ones that have OR? I think you probably could, but I had a hard time figuring out how to do that because why would you do that? So it wasn't, like, one of the immediate options when you're making a rule. <laughs> and I think if I, like, maybe had done enough research. But then I started thinking about it. Well, I was... I was on this client call, and I, like, could not stop laughing. Like, my hand was over my mouth because I was just, like, who? Like, like only you only would me. do only like, you would this. do this <laughs> is just something that is so – and then I was just, like, wow. Like, I was so happy, like, 30 minutes ago when I got this email about my apartment, and now I'm just, like, this is crazy. Like, today is just psychotic. And then I was just – I had my hand, like, over my mouth. On this client call, and people were pinging me, and they're like, Why are you laughing so much? Like, everyone could tell. <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't keep it in. I was just
1: cracking up. And you, up. like, whenever you're on
0: camera too, and something funny happens, <laughs> it's even harder to I know. not laugh. Well, and then I was pinging my teammates what happened, and then they started laughing. And then, like, half of our team is like cracking up on this call. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I was on a client call once, and a similar thing happened. And, like, normally we're not camera-on for client calls, but for whatever reason we were. And something funny happened. Or, like, you know how you have your group chats while you're in a client call and you're commenting on things the client says or, like, whatever, like, things that happen? And so we were, like, pinging, and, like, one of my teammates, like, said something funny, and I cannot keep it together. (laughs) Like, I... Do not have a poker face at all i just wear my emotions on my face and so i like start laughing and my co-workers like i see you laughing and then like <laughs> of course that just makes me laugh even more and they're like you can't keep it
0: together and i was like i literally can't i'm just i can't no i pinged my two immediate team members and my one team member she started laughing so much she had to go camera off <laughs> And she was like, Claire, you literally just made me turn off my camera. (laughs) So, yeah, it was honestly, then I was like, this is such a blessing. Cleaning out my inbox has been on my to do for so long Mm -hmm. that then I just went back and kind of was skimming all the emails and I just pulled over about like 100 or 200 that I thought were important and the rest I kept in my deleted and. Mm-hmm. the deleted stays and deleted for a while based on our company policy so i'm like i can look them up still yeah like for if you really
1: needed to find a specific email, yeah you could i could yeah so i
0: was like honestly this wasn't really that big of a deal but it was just pretty hilarious That's In the moment, so funny <laughs> i was cracking up when you picked me that i was like literally only you
1: would do this
0: So if anyone needs help with Outlook rules, don't go to Claire. (laughs) Okay, Okay, I've learned my lesson. Don't do them while distracted. I can't multitask. (laughs) Yeah. So, Um. yeah. Just spent the rest of the weekend hanging out with friends, watching the draft, which is always fun. Lots of Ohio State players being drafted, which I love. And I just love, like, when they interview their families and stuff after they get drafted, like, everyone's just so excited and they're so dressed up. It's so cute. Aww. It's just, like, their whole lives are changed. Like, this has been their dream for so long and, like, it's finally happening. It's just so exciting. And you love watching people fulfill their dreams. I really do. (laughs) It's just so exciting. (laughs) So, yeah. Okay, well, this week, like Allison said, we're talking about career mindset. And, yeah, I feel like one of the reasons we wanted to talk about this is just that overall looming sense of unfulfillment at work and lots of stats about young people just being unengaged at work like unfulfilled and yeah I was just like reading some different articles and there was this CNBC article and they were just trying to put reasons as to why young people are upset at work and why they're unfulfilled and these are the reasons they came up with that young people have unrealistically high expectations of what their day-to-day work lives would be like that they have impatience and frustration because they want career advancement in months versus years social media overload which can create a distorted reality where everyone else seems to have an amazing life and employers who are not providing new opportunities or compelling reasons for them to stick around. And these actually all made a ton of sense to me. I feel like I've, if not experienced them, have seen that totally with friends or other people that I have encountered. Yeah, what are your thoughts, Allison, on those reasons? I think
1: I agree with a lot of them too. I think especially... The ones about career advancement and just wanting things to come so quickly like a promotion or I think there's just this expectation that if I do one good thing like I should get promoted or I don't know there's just a lot of you know talk about that and expectations around that but then also the social media one too kind of stuck out to me because it's so easy to see other people's careers or lives and like obviously social media is a highlight reel so they show all of the good exciting fun things that they get to do about their job or even talking to friends too I mean like I'll talk to friends and they'll be like yeah I, I got to travel to this place and do this thing. And I'm like, wow, like, their job sounds so cool. Yeah, like, the grass is always
0: greener. Yeah, exactly. Like,
1: the grass is always greener on the other side. But, you know, you don't get to see the late nights or the long travel days or the other sides of the picture that they probably won't share, but you don't hear because that's not what people
0: talk about. So... Yeah, or maybe they are having an amazing life, but, you know, y- you're just attracted to someone living their best life. That doesn't mean that y- if you did that exact thing that you would be living your best life. Yeah. If that makes sense, too. Hmm. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Because you're very different from that person and that job is great for them. Doesn't mean it'd be good for you kind of thing, too. Yeah, yeah. and maybe
1: it's more of a thing where... I don't know if jealousy is the right word, but like seeing someone else who's thriving in their career and you yourself not feeling that way can be even more difficult because you're like, yeah. why don't I know what that is for
0: me? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that one thing I think I was just thinking about while reading these is that we go through school, like grade school, high school, college, and there's just Milestones, but now there are, like, no specified milestones. So I think it's easy to see, like, my peer got promoted this year. That means that this year is a good year to get promoted. Like, people mm-hmm. our age are getting promoted. Why aren't I reaching that milestone, too? Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, these arbitrary milestones kind of can catch up to you because you might be, like... Uh, you can feel behind
1: yeah no that's a good point because especially if it's people that you went to school with I mean you guys all graduated at the same time you all went through all of those milestones together but once everyone graduates they go to different jobs different careers different companies and even within the same industry like even consulting the promotion cycles are different company to company like even with just across my roommates like we've all gone through different cycles and, you know, like a promotion at one company means,
0: means something, different. something
1: different than a promotion at another company. So it's just hard because you're no longer comparing apples to apples. Yeah. And it can be easy to get discouraged if you are trying to compare it that way.
0: I agree because we've always had people to compare it to. Yeah, And then, yeah, being surrounded by so many people who don't do the same thing as you it's like yeah how are we you know talking about success and that's the thing it's like we have to let go of immediate success and just start to like enjoy the person's presence and be like whatever you're doing is amazing and whatever I'm doing is amazing and just I feel like that's kind of that pressure that we're putting on ourselves that we're talking about is very short-term like, I want that immediate next thing versus mm-hmm. we're trying to step away from that. And that's what this episode is going to be about. And I was also, so we're having a friend on the next podcast, and he really wanted to talk about this specific encyclical. And so I was reading it to prepare, and um, I-, I can't even pronounce it, <laughs> so I'm going to have Google translate to it.
1: Rerum Novarum.
0: <laughs> Did you get that? <laughs> Rerum, Rerum Novarum. I don't know. Novarum. Anyway, so it's about the church's view on work. So anyway, I was preparing, I was reading that preparing for our next week's episode and kind of got inspired for this week's episode just because it talked a lot about the church's view on work and I just noticed how it talks a lot about you know a person works and then they save money and they buy land like it was a very slow process it was have a goal in mind and work towards it it was very much just a long-term career like mindset and so I thought it tied pretty well in and we'll dive more into that encyclical next week but just kind of wanted to tease that and yeah so sh- if anyone wants to read it in advance to, to prepare for next very week. lengthy fyi how long is to it? to be long? honest i didn't read the whole thing it's like extremely long but if you like a good challenge you can definitely dive into that anyway but so. our,
1: our expert will break it down <laughs> for us so <laughs> But, yeah, we're having another male guest. I know. We really should I have know. Split them I up. I know. <laughs> we didn't think about this at all. We really front-loaded, like, all the women
0: at the I first know. half of the
1: season and then all the men at the second half. And, like,
0: people are commenting on it, too. Someone came up to me and, they're like, another male guest. I was like, shut up. <laughs> I was like, I know, okay? Yeah. Anyway. All right. So, yeah, I think another reason we wanted to talk about this is because Allison and I have both struggled to think long-term and wanted to talk about that too and then also just talk about tactics that we're trying to implement and some that we do to think more long-term and think more in terms of a career and not just the exact day-to-day job that you have right now. Mm -hmm. So how have you struggled with thinking long-term, Allison? (sighs) It's difficult because I would say...
1: If you would have asked me this in college, I was very good about thinking long term in college because it's more natural to think that way because you're in school, you haven't chosen a career, you're still discerning what you want to do. And so there's a lot more focus on asking those questions and reflecting on that. And also there's more natural breaks to stop and reflect on where you are. So you mentioned that milestone thing and that's so true like each year of college is a natural milestone you end the year and you have summer break and it's kind of just a natural break to think about where you are what you want like the next year all Mm -hmm. of that same thing with an internship you know you finish the internship you reflect on did I like this company did I like this job whatever there's just more natural breaks to think about those kinds of things And I think what I'm starting to realize now is that in my current job, there's not really those natural breaks. I mean, I guess the closest thing that I could think of is at the end of a project. You know, we finish a project and then, you know, for some people, they get put on the bench. And so there's time to kind of reflect, I guess. But I personally haven't had that experience. Like any time I finish a project, I've just been put on something else. So I think where I've struggled is just getting so caught up with being busy and just focusing on, all right, what do I need to do to get through this day? Or, like, what do I need to do to get through this week? Rather than setting aside time to think about where do I see myself next year? Where do I see myself in three years? Where do I see myself in five years, etc., And you know, our company does do this thing called a three-year letter. And so I have written one of those where you basically just write a letter to yourself three years from now and like where you want to be both professionally and personally. But I haven't really looked back on that in a while. So I think it's just more of a thing for me where I am filling my days so much with stuff at work or stuff outside of work and it's all good stuff like I am so happy with where I am in life right now and you know the friendships I have and the plans that I'm able to do outside of work and all of that but I think the thing I've neglected is that dedicated time to kind of step back from everything and reflect on where my trajectory is going and where that long-term big picture is so And then I guess also going along with that, I've realized that a lot of my stress kind of stems from times when I haven't taken the time to look ahead. So (laughs) the easiest example I could think of was, you know, like having to find a dress for an event and the event comes, I'm like, oh crap, like I haven't gone shopping, I don't have a dress for this. And then you try to shop for a dress and then you don't find one because you're under pressure and, you know... I'm sure we've all done that, or at least I have multiple times. Or just buying something themed for an event like St. Patrick's Day in Chicago. Somehow that always creeps up, and I'm like, what am I going to wear? So I think just a lot of stress, I think, can also stem from not taking the appropriate time to look ahead and just trying to just get through what's immediately in front of you and not – thinking about what's ahead. So those are some of my thoughts. But
0: what about you, Claire? Yeah, I mean, I think I agree with what you're saying. And I think that what you're saying of not looking ahead, and I would almost say it's kind of playing defense rather than offense. So you're just, you're just reacting to what's happening. You know, it's like you can't move forward because you're just, you're in the back by the goalie and you're just trying not to let someone score on you, you know? And you're just like, you can't, you can't score because you're just trying to defend yourself with all the things coming at you. Not to use a sports analogy. But basically, it's just you filled your day with so much that there's no room to really like grow because at least I've noticed from the points in my life where I have a revelation or I make progress towards my career goals or something else in my life is when I can make space and a lot of times like God moves in that space and I always just think about that quote and or that saying that I don't even remember the exact thing, but it's like if the devil can't tempt you, he'll keep you busy instead Mm, kind of thing. So like I almost see busyness as not like it's synonymous with the evil one, but I feel like I, when, when I'm able to stop and like reflect on why am I doing the things I'm doing? Like, are these things that are just keeping me busy rather than things that are propelling me forward, you know? Mm -hmm. And I also, thinking long-term with money is hard for me. I think that the way I grew up and, like, see money, and we talked about wanting to change our relationship and grow and heal that, and I'm really trying right now to you know, put the money up front to like maybe not buy the cheapest thing that I can because sometimes spending a little bit more money for something better quality is actually exciting because it is better quality and it'll actually last longer or, Mm -hmm. you know, or work better or whatever the thing is too. So I'm trying to think a little bit long term with my purchases, especially with my clothes too. I think I've definitely... I'm someone who has really loved clothes for my whole life. And so I've been through a lot of different phases with like how I get clothes and how I buy them and what that looks like. And right now, I mean, I've been doing a lot of thrifting and things which I really enjoy. But not only that, it's like sometimes thrifting can be dangerous because it's cheaper than buying things at the regular store normally. So sometimes I used to do this and I see a lot of people who are newer to thrifting do it where they're just like, it's cheap. Why not get it? You know what I mean? And it's like I'm trying to think a lot more longer term about my clothing purchases, like just the items that I own and not buying cheap items. And also trying to cultivate – like the goal would be to cultivate a closet that my kids and my grandkids want to like wear my clothes and they think they're cool and – yeah, like that
1: blazer that my grandma gave me. Oh, my me. gosh. Yeah, that was a few episodes The linen back, blazer, but if you guys
0: remember that. I dream about that blazer every day. <laughs> I could never forget.
1: But that's a classic piece. Such a classic you know? piece.
0: And now I have it Yeah, and can wear it. Exactly. Like, pass it down. Better for the environment. Like, just better all around, honestly. So, just trying to think long-term in all moments of my life. So... Yeah. And I I think another thing too is just trying to think more long-term about what's going on in my life. I think that we've been taught in society a lot of times of if things aren't going well, if your life isn't easy, then it's wrong. Like you're in the wrong spot. You're doing the wrong thing. Like that job is wrong for you. And I think that I'm trying to introduce the idea of you know, sometimes it's not wrong. It's just hard. And I think in a lot of reasons I've, in a lot of ways I've gone soft and I'm like, I don't want to do hard things because we have so many things in life that make my life easy. And so I'm trying to reintroduce, like do the hard things, like something, there's a difference between, okay, if it's really easy for everyone else and it's super hard for you, then like, maybe it's, wrong like if you're on the soccer team and everyone's like thriving and you literally cannot do it how much you try like maybe you shouldn't be on the soccer team but a lot of times it's just like it's hard work like are you willing to put in the hard work and putting in that hard work for payoff later like that's thinking long term
1: mm-hmm. and nothing good or worth it is
0: going to be easy yeah. at all times Yes, and I think also that, again, the, the hard things that we've gone through, I mean, everyone's gone through different things, so I'm not trying to generalize here, but I mean specific hard things that, like school or something like that, that is generally, generally seen as like a challenging experience for most people. You had a community of people to do it with you, so you were never alone, and I think now Everyone's on their own path. So some of these hard things, you're taking them on in a more like you're, – you're more alone taking on some of these things because these challenges are more specific to you.
1: Yeah, it can feel more
0: isolating. Yes. Yeah. So then you're less likely to want to do it. So understandable. I mean, I've been there. But I'm like, no one else is dealing with this. Like, this is so hard for me. Like, Why? yeah it's
1: like the older we get the more unique our set of experiences become because you know when you're in middle school you're with everyone who has lived in your city has gone to your school has had somewhat similar experiences with yeah same sports teams same you know general lifestyle
0: for the most part. Or even like everyone has acne or whatever. Yeah. You yeah. Know?
1: Like puberty. I mean, everyone goes through puberty yeah. and everyone
0: like. Everyone's doing their thing.
1: Yeah. And then high school, I mean, similar to, but then college is kind of where people move and go to different places, whatever. But like, we're all still in college. We're all still yes. going through four years of education. And then all of a sudden after college, it's, it just completely disperses. And yeah everyone is doing different things living in different places and so yeah it can be harder because there's less people to relate to exactly what you're going through which i think can make it feel harder because you don't have that sense of
0: community yeah
1: like community or like people relating to what you are specifically
0: going through yeah which is why community at the workplace, if possible, is like so important. But there are so many people out there that that's not really an option. You know, like their job is very unique and no one else mm-hmm. experiences that. And yeah, so it can be really hard.
1: And I think that's where prayer comes in because mm-hmm. no matter what you're doing or what job you have or what experiences you've had, like God can always relate to that. Yeah. Like He knows you at your core mm-hmm. and so I think sometimes even I forget that I'm like oh no one understands you know like no one gets no me. one gets what I'm going through right now and it's like actually yeah God does and you
0: hear that little voice that's like I do and then you're like shut up <laughs> that would make everything so easy but I don't want to think about that
1: sometimes it's fun to dwell in your own self-pity
0: you know yeah because you want to like be rant dramatic for a second <laughs> I love being dramatic. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So now we're going to talk about how we can get out of this short-term thinking mindset and create a career versus a job. And so when we were thinking of these things, we were kind of envisioning, and maybe you can do this while you're listening, of like who – you know, what is a person who has a career look like? Like, what are they doing? Who? How do they act? You know, what kind of person are they? And maybe you can think of someone who just has a career. Everyone knows someone who just kind of killed life, honestly. Thriving. Thriving. And, yeah, maybe they're younger, maybe they're older. I feel like I know a lot of people that are my parents' age or – you know kind of older in life that just had an awesome career like someone who so well connected went through so many different avenues with their life just has so many interesting experiences makes an impact wherever they go and think of someone like that or just dream up of someone or maybe a celebrity or a business person you admire and that's kind of the mindset we're trying to achieve but with a Catholic spin on it so all right let's start with our first one yeah so the first thing here is
1: to just think about your life and your routine and specifically outside of work too like not just your day-to-day at work but where are the areas of your life that you're feeling unsettled and so I want to talk about this TikTok that I saw because I literally saw this TikTok a couple days ago and the timing of it is just interesting that we're talking about this today but I forget the name of the woman Mel Robbins Mel Robbins yeah Um so she's an author and has written several books yeah. I've never read any of them but She's
0: kind of like a business lady, book person. Yeah,
1: like I could tell just by watching the TikTok that she was a woman who knew what she was talking about. And I was like, she's probably an author. And sure enough, she is. But anyway, the TikTok was really interesting because it was basically about, it was directed at people who felt like they were stuck in life. And they were like, I feel stuck, but I don't know how to even imagine what I want in life or what will make me happy. And she was basically like, All right, take a piece of paper, split it down the middle. And on the right side is going to be your life right now. And on the left side, think back to a time in your life when you remember being genuinely happy. And, you know, that could be way back when you were a kid. It could be in middle school, high school, whatever. It doesn't matter when it is, but just thinking back to that time and then thinking back to what your day-to-day life looked like and writing down in detail what that looked like you know like what time did you get up what kind of foods were you eating how often did you work out what were your relationships like with friends you know what hobbies did you have all of this stuff so that's on the left side and then on the right side writing down your life right now those similar things like what time do you get up What am I eating? How often am I drinking? How often am I going out? All -hmm. these things. And then comparing the two. And then starting to see like, oh, when I was really happy, I was getting up early. I was working out this many days a week. All those things. And you can start to compare all of the things that make up your life. Because work is a big part of our life, but it's also not the only thing. And... When you think about being happy, it's a holistic picture. It's not just work, it's also the things outside of work. And so, being able to see on paper specific things and tangible things that you could start to implement was really kind of one of the takeaways. Um, So, I thought that was kind of cool. I haven't personally done this yet, but. I think it's a really cool little exercise and it's something that I want to try.
0: Yeah. Well, the example that she used was she said she was doing it with her daughter and her daughter said that, like, a time that she was really happy was in high school. And, Mm -hmm. you know, she was like, yeah, you were really happy, but you also kind of had, like, you were getting up at, like, 6 a.m. and you worked out every single day because you were on the sports team and you had a strong group of friends and you were getting excited for college and – This type of thing. And then she was like, yeah, and right now you wake up at 1030, you drink three days a week, you, like, do this and that. And it's like, wow, like, big. Big difference. Big difference. And basically what she was saying was that you have given yourself a recipe for how to improve your life without, you know, reading a book, without looking at other people. You were just using your own data in history I feel like we mm-hmm. don't do that enough is like she was saying that we already have the answers you just have to like analyze your own data
1: yeah because I think a lot of times it's easy to want to look towards a book or something or just say like just I like just someone else yeah I need to listen to someone or I need to read a book about this and they'll tell me what I need to do and it's like we already know ourselves mm-hmm and the only person who's going to really know ourselves is us and like you said we have the data we have life experiences and sure we're going to have more life experiences like we haven't lived out everything that we're going to experience yet but we have enough to to go off the next move to make the next move yeah
0: yeah and everything that you would want to build your career is your career is going to be personal or else it's not going to mean anything to you so you have to really know yourself to be able to build a career that is a good fit for you and is meaningful for you. So yeah. dive into your own data.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say maybe to like take that example and spin it more in a career way. I mean, maybe think specifically about what's a job that you've had that you genuinely loved, and or maybe just a it's moment not, at work or a moment at work, but maybe it's not a realistic career like maybe you really enjoyed working at the ice cream shop in high school you know what i mean like maybe you really enjoyed okay i cannot say that (laughs) (laughs) i cannot say that i truly enjoyed that experience but maybe that is that experience for you you're like oh i just loved working in the summer and doing this or whatever but like analyze what it was about that job that you liked was it interacting with people and giving them their ice cream and making them so happy like what Mm -hmm. about that was fun for you and then write down all the things about your current job and try to see if there's anything that Mm -hmm. compares or doesn't compare or just what you can learn
0: from that yeah i loved being a lifeguard because i just was like outside every day Mm -hmm. really missed that like i really felt like i was seizing the summer and now working I just feel like I'm inside all summer. Yeah. I don't know. That's some food for thought. I will Mm -hmm. reflect on that, Allison. (laughs) But things like that, I think, would be interesting to reflect on. Okay, the next one is to do less. Sounds easy. Actually so hard. Are you telling them to be lazy? No. I actually (laughs) think that doing less... It takes a smarter, lot of not hard, harder. No, I mean, I think it takes like a lot of hard work to do less because it's very easy to fill up your calendar or your work day with XYZ. Like we were talking about before, how you can just get a little on autopilot. And so, one way to let knowledge in, open yourself up to opportunities, is to be available. Um, and I always talk about Bob Goff when I talk about being available because I don't know if you remember me talking about him before but he's the guy that like puts his phone number in his books and promises to be available for literally anyone that contacts him and he also in one of his books does this thing called quit something Thursday I don't really know why I'm kind of blanking it but basically he realized he was too busy and so every Thursday, he quit something until he wasn't busy anymore. So like, if he was on the board or something, and he's like, I don't have time for this, like, stressing me out, I'm quitting, I'm delegating, I'm getting help, I'm whatever, I'm tying up the loose ends. So I don't have to do this anymore. You know, Mm -hmm. and the life hack here is especially at work, if you feel like you're overwhelmed because also here's a new thing here's the thing about work specifically if you are slammed all day with work and some amazing opportunity comes along at work you literally don't even have time to do it Mm
1: -hmm. how
0: are you going to open yourself up to new opportunities at work if you're slammed all day with stupid stuff that some of it you care about some of it you don't figure out what really is not you know making you feel alive and try to pass it on delegate it add someone to the team etc automate it (laughs) i mean (laughs) write an (laughs) outlook (laughs) rule but the thing is here is i mean life hack delegation is really and managing a project like that is really kind of seen as leadership i think Mm -hmm. like if you just sit there and try to do it all yourself Everyone's like, wow, they're just like a really good, productive person. Cool. But if someone was like, wow, you know, Allison established a team to work on this new initiative, she mentored younger consultants and empowered them to take on this new role. And she's just amazing. And all you were trying to do, I mean, was not do as much of it yourself. You know what I mean? Which like, I mean, it's great to mentor others and there's a good way to do it. Mm -hmm. But what I'm saying is quitting things can actually be beneficial for you. It doesn't mean like also becoming less detached to like your work. It's like bring other people into it and that'll end up helping you in the long run anyway. You'll be more open to opportunities you're also helping younger people and mentoring. Yeah, and that kind of leads into our next one because our next one is about mentoring too. I feel like people who have really established and good careers, they are just always bringing people with them. I feel like those people are, you know, you talk to them and they say, oh yeah, I worked with a guy like that back then, you know, do you want to meet him? I'll, I'll give you his contact information. They're just so free with their connections they want other people to be successful and they also had really great mentors that got them to where they were today so we've talked i feel like we've talked a lot about relationships and building your own board of directors and things like that but just evaluate like who are your mentors who are you mentoring and actually invest in those people like make time for them Um, don't just like do the regular like every couple week check-in or whatever you do like invest in them like see how you can help and you know really spend time and think like am I impacting this person and if not maybe you're not the right fit for them try to find them a mentor that would be more effective yeah I also think that people who have these good careers they since they're bringing all these people with them They really see the person next to them, not as their competitor, but as just like another person on the journey, a collaborator or a partner. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And they really have that we mindset versus like a me mindset. And I think that when you're thinking short term, especially us in our careers starting off, when we're when I was talking before about everyone reaching milestones at different times and it can just get very competitive very fast or like so-and-so got a raise and I didn't or like my raise isn't as high as that person and it just gets really competitive like really fast and but when you're thinking long term you're like okay eventually like in a couple years if I'm on my path because I know I'm on the right path for me I'm going to be successful in where I want to be like there's there's just no timeline to it I guess if you're thinking long term And Mm -hmm. it's all going to have faith that it's going to happen and unfold the way it's supposed to.
1: Yeah. Like, for example, someone who's pursuing a career as a doctor, their schooling is, what, like, four years of medical school and then, like, a couple years of residency and then whatever. So, like, by the
0: time... Eight years, four years of school, four years of residency.
1: Yeah. So... A lot of schooling, but by the time they start actually making money, if they were to compare themselves to their peers in business, Mm -hmm. let's say, you know, they'd probably get very discouraged because here they're, you know, here they are still in school paying all this money, whatever. But then once they get out of school, their careers start at a much later point, but like that's just the nature of the job, you Mm know? Whereas. It's just each career is so different. I mean, Mm. same thing with lawyers. I mean, there's law school and there's each career is so unique. And so even within career paths, even within consulting, it can be unique. So Mm. just keeping that in mind and not thinking, oh, you know, this person reached this milestone. I'm behind. Like Mm. that's the worst thing ever is feeling like you're behind. And so trying not to have that competitive mindset and trying to think more of where am i at am i on the right path type of mindset totally and then also another mindset to kind of get out of (laughs) is the check the box mindset so i don't know about you guys but i love making checklists and checking things off the list i think it's so satisfying but there are times when I'll honestly make checklists and I'll put things down that are dumb, just so that I know I can check them off. You know what I mean? Or easy quick, wake up or easy quick wins where I'm like, this will make me feel like I'm making progress. Even at work too, I'm like, oh, yeah. I have to do this small task, but I'm gonna write it down because I'll feel so much better and I feel like I accomplished something. You know, check email yeah exactly but just maybe look at your checklist look at your checklist over the past week or month and what are the things that you're doing each day like what are all the little things that you are checking off like do you need to do them as claire was saying like are there things that you could delegate to someone or mentor someone into doing And maybe that'll free up some time for you to do other stuff that you are interested in. You know, just trying to think in the mindset of not just doing the bare minimum of, okay, these are the things I have to do, but allowing yourself the space to have time to do things above what is required of you, I think is the ultimate goal because that's where you start to find those opportunities and things that come up and you're like oh I want to pursue this or I want to try this and I actually have the
0: time and the space to Mm -hmm. do that yeah I think I was thinking too just that check the box you're like I'm gonna put in as minimal effort as possible I'm gonna do it as quick as possible I don't know do you ever do that when you're like I'm just trying to get this done I I just want to get it done so fast I don't really care How it turns out, but people that go above and beyond and have and set aside the space to go above and beyond, like those are the people that make it far. You know, that's the work that people are going to notice and Mm -hmm. that's going to help propel their career. And, you know, in the moment, you're like, well, I, you know, I only have so many hours of the day. Like today is really busy. I don't want to go above and beyond. But what if you took an extra few hours and created a deliverable that people are talking about for weeks, months, you know, like having that long-term mindset could just be so transformative in your work. The next one is, you know, those people that have those careers, I just feel like they always see setbacks as stepping stones, not blockers. So if you ever hear them talk about their career, they're always like, yeah, you know, I started out at, you know, Macy's, like whatever. And they're like somewhere and they're like, I just, I learned X, Y, Z, like such a great experience. And then I pivoted to the venture capital space. And you're just like, wait, what? But they just had so many different twists and turns and they don't stop when they're not at their destination. They take that experience, even if it's not where they want to be and they use it to move them forward. So, if you're in a space where you know, you're know you not loving your job, your career, just use it as a time to really reflect and see, like, what can I get out of this? Like, since I'm here, what can I do to just get the most out of this experience? And I think it's important to also
1: keep in mind that you have literally so much time in your career I say this with a certain person in mind I don't know if anyone's heard of Gary V but he is a big talker like he talks a lot about you know entrepreneurship and find your path and just he's very outspoken and speaks his mind if you've ever heard him talk before he's not afraid to Let an F bomb slip. Like he (laughs) says it how it is, which I think is sometimes what we all need to hear. But one of his things is that he really is like if you are in your 20s, now is the time to take risks. Now is the time to not play it safe. Like let yourself dream because, you know, these years of your life, you are. Most of the time, like, on your own. Like, you don't have a family. You don't have other obligations that you have to take into account. Like, you are solely on your own. Like, now is the time to think about those things. So let yourself dream. Like, what – if you could have any job right now, what would it be? If you could drop your current job right now and do anything, like, what would that be? I feel like I –
0: Meet people, though, that are just so daunted by that question. Yeah. I, I don't think that that's, like, maybe just, I don't know, it's it's hard. Like, yeah, when you, what if you just said, okay, when you daydream, like, what do you daydream about? You know when, like, you, maybe not everyone does this, but, like, you fall asleep and you're kind of just, like, daydreaming about different things. Or you're staring out a window when you're, like, on a, ooh, or in the car. I have, a, I have a good example. At the airport, I
1: always love looking around and seeing people walk by and I'm like, ooh, they look like they're in this career or they probably live in New York and have this job and mm-hmm. I wish I was doing that or whatever. Like, maybe there's people like that for you that you see out and about or maybe it's an influencer you follow or mm-hmm. maybe it's... Yeah, just someone that you see online or in a news article or you see a cool story about. Mm -hmm. And you're like, wow, I wish I was doing that. Or maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a friend who has a career that you're really like, wow, I wish I could do that. Mm -hmm. Or a friend of a friend.
0: Yeah, and maybe it's like pieces of everyone. Like there's this one TikToker that she's pretty famous. Her name's like Paige Lorenz or something. Oh, yeah. I've heard of her. And, you know. Whatever, I don't know too much about her. But she, like, rides... She's so busy. She's, like, a huge influencer. And she, like, rides her horse, like, every day. And I don't ride horses. (laughs) I have before, but, like, that's not a hobby of mine. But I'm just so... I guess I just love how she makes time for her hobbies and has a hobby that she's, like, so passionate about. And I kind of am just like, wow, I wish that I made that space for my hobby or, like, had a hobby that I feel like that about.
1: Yeah, and and if you're struggling, too, to think about what you could see yourself doing, I think the first step is to start finding new experiences and finding new things to try. And um, one example comes to mind. So I was just home this past weekend, and I was talking with my younger brother, and, you know, he's – in high school so he's kind of at a discernment point too of where he wants to go to college and what he wants to study and like all that stuff but he had to do some volunteer service hours and i don't know if you had to do that in high school mm-hmm. but um so he was just trying to check that off the list he was just trying to check the get, box mindset. get the volunteer hours over with but he ended up doing habitat for humanity which mm-hmm. you know fam- if you're familiar with that you know they will Build houses for people basically. And so he signed up to do that and spent two days, like almost all day, just helping to build this house. And he absolutely loved it. Like he has always been a very hands on person, but I don't think he ever really considered construction or architecture or that type of career path but doing that experience kind of opened his eyes to that. Mm -hmm. And he started thinking about what could a career like that look like, Mm -hmm. or who are people that have that career. And so maybe you can't think of something right now, but maybe you volunteer. Maybe you just try a new experience and you never know who you're going to meet that could suddenly have that job that you're like, I could see myself doing
0: that totally and that was i mean i think that people who have careers i feel like they're always giving back and volunteering and so that's a great thing to do and also allows you to get new experiences in an easy way that is beneficial to all parties you know and is free totally which is awesome yeah
1: and one other thing on the topic of just how much time you have in your career and how you know don't feel pressured to have it all figured out right now it just made me think about how in college we had quite a few guest speakers come and speak to our business honors program that I was in and it was so interesting because they were all people that were pretty far into their careers but they would always talk about what they did right out of college and It was just so interesting to me because all of them, what they did right out of college, their first job, was almost always in no way related to what they were doing at that point in their career. And so I think it's so interesting to think about how now we're in our first jobs out of college and it's like what we're doing right now might not have anything to do with what we're gonna be doing 20 years from now you know what I I mean I would be shocked if it does yeah (laughs) but it just puts it in perspective and it just it takes the pressure off of knowing that what you're doing right now is important but it's not the end all, all okay
0: how am I gonna find that you know that next thing like how am I gonna get to that path of going and having in a completely new way and that's when you just have to, you know, set aside time and space to discern and just think, like, where am I? Like, where am I going? What are opportunities that – doors that could be opened if I were a little more intentional about it? What are mm-hmm. actions that I can take? Yeah, and discernment's really important. Discernment is also a great – synonym in my opinion for prayer I mean I feel like a lot of prayer can be discerning prayer of hey God like I have this going on or I'm confused about this this is happening you know what do you think what's going on here another thing another quality of people who have careers I just feel like they're always giving and they're always thinking less of themselves and more of others you know like I said oh like you know, I can introduce you to this person, that person. They're always looking for places where they can make an impact. And I, I think that's a lot of C-suite people. When I've heard C-suite people interviewed and they say that, you know, why did you take this job or why did you do this? And they always are like, I saw a real opportunity to make a large impact here. And I feel like they're kind of, they're not thinking about, oh, I, I mean, maybe some of them are, but I always see them as I noticed this opportunity and really thought that my skills would be a good fit to propel this mission forward or do X,YZ. And so um, and that takes a lot of self-knowledge and self- expertise, experience, and experience, <laughs> yeah. and discerning like what the right area for you is and how to open those doors and step in. Yeah, and I know we've been throwing around this word discernment a lot. And,
1: you know, I think putting in more practical terms, like figuring out what discernment looks like for you, I mean, it could be as simple as journaling. Like it could be talking to someone that you really trust and someone who really knows you. Or, you know, for those people of faith, discernment could be prayer like just figuring out it could be a pros and cons list honestly yeah it could be a pros and cons list like discernment is different for everyone it's not like it's the same process or the same timeline for everyone so I think taking that time to also just think about what does discernment look like to you is also something helpful to think about and you know kind of bringing it all together I think it's really nice to think big picture and to dream and to think about those things that you can see yourself doing or that you would really like to do. And I think where discernment comes in is discernment helps you figure out what that next step is. Mm -hmm. Because it's easy to look at that big dream and that big thing and get overwhelmed by how to get there. And so I think that's where discernment comes in and knowing what's the next step that I need to take so those would be my final
0: thoughts yeah I think those are great closing thoughts so thank you everyone for listening you know just to as we leave just think of maybe areas where you're feeling rushed tense like just Take a deep breath, relax. Yeah, let's take a deep breath right now. <laughs> I thought you were going to make like a huge sigh. Like, <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, we have our whole careers. Yeah. I mean, I don't know who's listening to this, but I do. I have my whole career. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what age you are, but I think a lot of our listeners are in the first half of their career in their 20s for sure yeah <laughs> so you know take a load off relax nothing that you're like not a lot of things that you're dealing with right now are going to be impacting you and your career in the years to come lots of twists and turns coming up hopefully all good things Excited to see what you all do in your careers, and we'll definitely keep you updated what's going on with us. And thanks everyone for listening, and we'll see you next week.
1: Thanks for listening to the Corporate Catholic Podcast. Give us a rating
0: and follow us on social media at Corporate Catholic Pod.